Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, if you recall last week, um, so what we're going to do today is um, I'm going to speak, I'm going to hopefully cast vision, remind you of things that we must not forget, allow the Holy Spirit to do with it as He will, and then we are going to pause and we're going to actually share communion together on all locations. We're going to share communion. I'm going to ask that you partake for yourself because communion is always personal and intimate and private. But I'm going to ask that you break bread for others, that you consciously think of others, and that together, one more time, we stand together and we pray for what is going to happen next week. You just prayed for me, and I appreciate that, and I value it so much, and I covet your prayers with the team. But we're going to pray for the multitudes, the thousands and thousands and thousands of girls who are going to gather downtown Sydney and the ICC and then on the second week in this auditorium and then around the world. So does that sound like a plan? So just to put us back on the page, if you recall, last week I, um, I framed our launch with an exhortation to wisdom, to um, purpose and to fruitfulness. And then I finished with, again, that analogy, the beautiful analogy of the sunflower who literally um, endlessly follows the warmth the warmth of the sun across the skyline of the day, correct? So, you know, we're gonna put the sunflowers up for a few moments just to remind ourselves of who we are in Jesus' Name. There we are, girls. Do you remember that and do you love that? And I think after last week, a lot of you have gone away and, you know, you're looking at sunflowers with new eyes because I went home last Thursday and I got a bunch of texts with photos of girls who were at Bunnings. Amen. And sunflowers were apparently on sale at Bunnings. And then I think Beck Wood goes, look, what the heck? I've never seen them like this in, in the supermarket or something. And then I think it was Sarah, Sarah Karoya in um, Brisbane, I think it was her, sent me a text and she had a photo. She said, I planted sunflowers, but they died. But then the same stem came back to life with five heads. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds good. (laughs) It sounds like the exceeding abundant and above of God. And again, last week we were winging, for those who perhaps weren't in the room, we were winging off Brian's recent messages, Vision Sunday, Heart and Soul, last weekend. He's repeating it and he's building on it because you know what, it takes time for the penny to drop. It takes time for revelation to drop. I actually heard a story of one lady who said to someone else, do you know what, I've heard that three times. And it was on the third time that the penny dropped for me and I understood the power of those four winds. The east, the west, the north, the south. The east that represents life and challenges and storm. The west, hallelujah, that represents the deliverance and faithfulness of God. The north that speaks of the majesty of God and the south wind. And that's what Brian is harping on us. That's what He's believing for us as a church is that we are going to feel the breath and the wind of the south wind blowing upon our lives. 
And you know, before any revival comes, there's drama. Before anything breaks through, there's drama in the spirit realm. And so you know what, if you're feeling that, don't despair because we're on the edge of new and bright and wondrous things, amen? And so again, um, I, I sort of echoed that my prayer last week was that like the sunflower, we will always position ourselves in the gaze of heaven. The sunflower takes responsibility for its stance and its posture. My prayer is that like the sunflower and the psalmist, again, we would start the day facing um, east into the challenges of life. But by the time we get to the end of our day, each and every day, His mercies are new each and every day. Hallelujah. We would have a sense of faithfulness. You know, my husband has a big day today. He left really early. There's board meetings. We have an Australian board. We have a global board. It is a big landscape for us. He's got meetings. He's got things to deal with. My prayer is that as he woke this morning early and left early, that he might sense that East reality, but by the end of tonight, when he puts his head on the pillow, he is gonna yet again echo the faithfulness of God. Amen? It is classic, hallelujah. (laughs) It is classic Psalm 92, where it says, at each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and your love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming you are faithful. And that's actually a beautiful place to live, amen? Also, like the sunflowers, um, and, and uh, Cass alluded to that when she prayed, that um, the sunflowers who apparently don't look at each other on a cloudy day because it takes a lot of effort for them to turn their heads, um, we will not be like that. We will be the sisters who never take our gaze off the Son of God, the Son of God, there's analogy and metaphor here, the Son of God in order that we can be strong for those alongside. So that was kind of last week. And do you know, I'll be honest with you girls, I'll be honest because you know what, when you're honest up here, it keeps it real. I am one of you. I am no different. We're in this together and you know, I am as of, you know, right now, <laughs> you know, I am feeling the pressure of birthing another conference. I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling the weightiness and the pressure. And you know, if I don't land my ducks, you know, the ducks, all the ducks, all the things, all the major God components that you need to land, if I don't land them by this um, Saturday, I am gonna post a giant encryptive C on Instagram, which will be code for you to pray because I need a spiritual C-section to get this baby out. <laughs> Old joke, I love, I love that analogy. But you know what, if you see a giant C, C, and you think, oh, is that for colour? Is that for what? No, it's for C-section. <laughs> it's like, give me an epidural and let us get this thing out. Because once Sunday comes, it's all over for me. It's like, we may as well, you know, it's not all over for the team. (laughs) But I feel like I I need to have that sense of peace, amen? And so, you know, for the life of me, this is what I'm trying to say, for the life of me, I am not taking my eyes off the sun. I am not because, you know, next weekend and the weekend after, thousands of women are gonna turn up onto our doorstep and they're not coming just for a, you know, fabulous girls weekend out in in Sydney. 
They are coming because they need someone. And I'm not alone in this. It's a team who's gonna do this. But they are coming because they want someone with integrity and longevity and testimony to speak into water their lives with faith and hope and strategy and answers in Jesus' Name. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord for that. And do you know what? That is, again, a collective effort on our part. And our collective faith next week, whether you are in the room or not. But really, you know, with this online thing, there's no excuse. In all truthfulness. Um, Our collective faith next week will create an environment where the Holy Spirit will move. He will move. And um, we are believing again for healings, for answers, for healings, body, soul, and spirit. We are believing for answers in people's lives. We're believing again for wisdom and for strategy. Do you know one of the one of the core realities, one of the revelations within the greater sisterhood, is that it's like an equation. It's it. I, I mean, I pretty much, pretty much um came to that revelation myself actually in Africa and Uganda with our relationships there. But strategy happens in a gathering light colour. It just does. And so it's like this, this equation that goes years plus strength plus influence equals strategy. And there's gonna be girls and there's gonna be churches and there's gonna be ministries and people, promise of things in the future in the room. And that combination of years and strength together, hallelujah, and influence and, and um, integrity is gonna, be, is gonna birth strategy in the world. It's gonna birth um, responses that are powerful. So you know what? I've, I think you girls don't turn up because you're just like bored on a Thursday. I actually think every single one of us within the sound of my voice today, you're here because you get this. And if you're at college, part of your training is to be here. It's, um, it's not uh, legislative. It's voluntary, I think. Is it still voluntary? Absolutely. If I had my way, it would be legislative. It's like, get your button here, whether you like it or not. But nevertheless, um, do you know what? There is stuff in you that's gonna be watered next, next week. And you might be serving behind the scenes, but if you're the Spirit of God is in that building, He is gonna minister to you and breakthrough's gonna happen. I have to hurry, hallelujah. So again, as we enter the soil of next week, I want to unapologetically, everyone say unapologetically, um, recenter our gaze on the essence of who we are. I want to redeclare the fundamentals that never expire in potency, the fundamentals. And I wanna speak to the mantle that is upon your life the mantle upon your life. And by definition, a mantle is an important role or responsibility that passes from one person to another. And you know, the Scripture talks about that. The Bible has examples of that. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere at the moment, girls. But there is a mantle that passes on. And that's why, quite literally, the girls who have had um, amazing things ignited in them when they've been in that environment, as they come back year after year after year to that same environment, God waters that same seed in them. And that doesn't mean that they can't be watered anywhere else. Of course they can. But I'm just saying there's an anointing there and a mantle. Okay, so here we go. At 26 years, um, as a seasoned sisterhood, we are 
We are a seasoned sisterhood. Now I realise there might be someone here for the very first time, so just bear with me. But actually we are a seasoned sisterhood here at Hillsong Church. We've been doing this for 26 years. 26 years, so that has a degree of seasoning to it. So as a seasoned sisterhood, what would we tell or remind our younger selves of? Now, you know, we often see this format used in blogs or in interviews, you know, where someone will say, oh, you know, Pastor Bobby or Margaret or Angela or um, Katrina down there, um, you know, if you could speak to your younger self, what would you say? So I just wanna take that idea, but roll it into the collective of who we are. So here we are, 26 years on the page, girls. 26 years of Thursday mornings, actually. (laughs) 24 years of colour conference next week. As a seasoned sisterhood, what would we remind ourselves of? So I just yesterday, in simplicity, wrote down a handful of thoughts. I'm not overly gonna Bible teach them. I'm not gonna overly whatever. You have the capacity, but just hear them in Jesus' Name, amen. So the first thing I I wrote down, if I was talking to a younger um, sisterhood, I would write this. Eyes wide open, younger selves, to the landscape He is inviting you into. Eyes wide open, younger sisterhood, if we were to track back to the beginnings, to the landscape He is inviting you into, beckoning you into. Um, Do you know everything about this message, this message of womanhood, um, is an invitation. Now you know that, because every year I give you an invitation, and we're pedantic that it's an invitation. But it's like an invitation that we are invited to. And you know, we lean hard, we, we work hard, we labour hard to bring that invitation to the table. And we do so because human nature either leans in or leans out. So every year it is an invitation. It's an invitation to what? To change the world? That's pretty fantastic. It's an invitation to advocate for those who have no voice. That's actually part of our mandate. It's an invitation to partner with the Spirit of God on things that matter to the Spirit of God. Things like injustice. Things like, here we go, 101, orphans, sisters, and nations. These days we actually say children instead of orphans because our our um, eyes went wider and we realised we weren't just dealing with orphans, but children on the earth. It's um, things like generations, listen to me, generations that will implode under the curse if they are never exposed to the blessing that breaks the curse and creates new pathways for families. They'll implode. Things like, again, the distortion of value on the earth today. The distortion of value that should actually impassion every intelligent, modern, empowered woman alive today. You know, we're we're modern women. We're like, hello. Yeah, well, we should be impassioned by some of these things, if not all of them, actually all of them. And you know, I'm personally so grateful that so many girls, so many young women Um, bought into the vision 24, 26 years ago, and they're actually in the room today. They're in this room and all the rooms that are connected. You're in the room today. But I just wanna remind us one more time that we are surrounded with youth 
who need, who need the revelation that is upon your life to impact them. I mean, it's the domino effect, isn't it? It really is. Second, I would say to younger selves, I would say eyes wide open, eyes wide open to a remarkable chapter in the coming of age of womanhood on the earth. These are fundamentals girls and they never get boring. Um, Eyes wide open to the remarkable chapter of the coming of age of womanhood on the earth. You know, history is full of chapters. We're in a chapter right now as a collective. The Church of Jesus Christ, we're in a chapter. And you know, we all know that this gospel, the gospel is personal. We love it. But after that, it's collective. So the minute this resonates with your heart, stirs your heart, redeems your heart, heals your heart, sets your heart on course with wisdom, it becomes collective. It becomes a collective calling. And it draws us into the embrace, like the little sunflowers last week when I Googled them, it draws us into the embrace of something bigger and brighter than ourselves. You know, we've been graced with um, a remarkable era on the earth. Remarkable. On the earth and within the church. So girls, let's not take it for granted. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not waste it. Let's not cause our sisters who have gone before to look back and cringe in horror because we have failed to value or appreciate the wide open spaces that we've actually been entrusted with. You know, back in the day of colour, we used to have all this language, we still do. But it was like this, beautiful, beloved, entrusted. Yeah, that's the gospel at work. Beautiful, you are beautiful, I love you. You are my beloved, personal, entrusted. Yeah, that's the collective calling on the body of Christ. And that's what we're actually a part of. Proverbs 31.10 again says, a capable, intelligent and virtuous woman who is he who can find her? You know, the Hebrew word for virtuous woman, you will have heard this before, is kail, kail, or whatever, however you say it, kail. It literally means mighty, wealthy, excellent, morally righteous, full of substance, integrity, abilities, strength, mighty, like an army. Mighty, those are the words that describe a capable, intelligent and virtuous woman. And you know, her life is outlined in 31, as we well know. But again, the passion, the narrative and the passion, the footnote says, the virtuous wife is a metaphor of the last day church. And you and I have been invited into that. You know, can I just leave that up one more time? Mighty, wealthy, excellent, morally righteous, morally righteous, that alone. In a world that is a little bit loose when it comes to morals, moral conviction, Okay, it's talking about morally righteous, which is to suggest that there is a right and a wrong way to live. And it's not inherent on what you necessarily believe or your personal opinion. Like, I mean, we're all entitled to our personal opinion. We're all entitled. But you know, at the end of the day, where is that gonna get you? How's that working out for you? And the world isn't well because it's lost grip on some of that. And so we have a beautiful responsibility, don't we? Within the realm of grace and the kingdom of God, the grace factor to actually exemplify this. 
So that's what we're a part of, and it's not small. Do you know the, the language of I am sisterhood is awesome. I am sisterhood. Because it infers awakened identity. But when we flip it and say we are sisterhood, old school language, we are sisterhood, mm, more awesome. Because it actually infers an awakened church. And that's powerful on the earth. Number three, eyes wide open to the shoulders you stand on and to the shoulders that you will become. Eyes wide open to the shoulders you stand on. So we're talking back to our younger selves. We're talking back to, you know, kind of imagine 26 years ago for us, you know, we were this like little scrawny bunch of women <laughs> in meeting in the RSL. You know, it was like, if we were talking back to our younger selves, what would we say? I would say, hey, be mindful of the shoulders that, you've, that you're standing on and be mindful of the shoulders that you're actually about to become. That's pretty exciting. And I say that this morning. I mean, I took time yesterday. I took 12 hours literally to frame all this. I ain't got time for that, girls. <laughs> I actually have got time. It's my life, hallelujah. It is my joy. But you know, I didn't do it with... With, uh, I did it with measure. I sought God and I sat. And they're just like throwaway lines for us here if you're taking notes, but they're bigger than that. It was like Tuesday, yesterday only. We had combined staff and chapel in here. The place was heaving. And Brian stood up and said, I'm gonna get, give you 50 things about yourself. 50 things. And he only gave 10. And they were fundamental and foundational, but they were so flipping good. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to be like you, Brian. <laughs> anyway, so I'm saying that, you know, the kindness of shoulders. I'm saying it in faith and I'm saying it with a, um, with a prophetic edge, if I may. I am not the pastor who is gonna like pull people out individually and prophesy over you. I kind of sort of don't do that, but I can prophesy into the atmosphere and I'm speaking this over you. Shoulders. Do not underestimate, do not be dismissive in your spirit of the things that God has prepared for you and the things that He wants to complete in you. That is Scripture, Philippians 1, 6, you know it, you know these verses. Do not be dismissive or underestimate. Do you know, I remember sitting in our, um, our, our um, first, well, it wasn't our first home, it was our second home. Our first home was like a matchbox house over in... Um, Manly Way, and then we came out here to plant the church and we bought a little house in Kings Langley, this little tiny house in Kings Langley. And I remember sitting there many, many years ago and um, we were entertaining David and Mari Cartledge. Does anyone remember David and Mari? David has passed on to be with Jesus and Mari, she's still here, isn't she? Does anyone know? She's still here, isn't she? And she's sort of retired and living on the Sunshine Coast or the Gold Coast or something. And so David and Mari Cartledge were like legends in the land. They were great, a great ministry couple, legends, pioneering legends. Um, and you know, Brian, they served with Brian on the national executive when he oversaw that executive, the, the nation, the Assemblies of God that became the Australian Christian Churches. Um, he did that for like something like 12 years or something. And so David and Mari were in that equation and they were in my lounge room um, <laughs> in King Slangley. And I remember them at the table. I was serving them. I was being so sweet, you know. 
little domestic goddess, no. But anyway, I was trying to be lovely. And, um, and then they just started talking to me saying, Bobby, you need to lead the women in the nation. Bobby, you need to lead the women's ministry because Mari had oversight of that. Bobby, you need to rate, you need to. And I was like, in my head, I was being sweet, but in my head, I was like, fat chance. <laughs> fat chance. There is no way that is not gonna happen. They were like speaking and prophesying. I'm like, no, not happening, no way, wrong girl. Wrong girl. But you know why I was reacting like that? It's because I was ruled by a sense of inadequacy. I was ruled by a sense of I can't. And I was ruled by a sense that I don't have anything to give. Which is pretty much why I wrote a first book called I'll Have What She's Having, to deal with that. But here's the difference, the difference between then and now. I, I feel the difference between then and now is that I felt a little bit alone back then shaping a new wineskin for womanhood. I mean, I wasn't alone. I cast vision and 180 girls turned up at the RSL for years and years and years and we cut ground together. And I guess if you read the sisterhood book, you would understand that. But you know what, today it's different. We're not alone. We're actually standing shoulder to shoulder. The wineskin has been cut anew. And that isn't to say a new wineskin doesn't need to be cut going forward, it probably does. And it probably is being cut. But we are standing shoulder to shoulder and there was a greater anointing. See, I felt like I was a little bit alone with an older shoulder, Mari, speaking into me. I mean, Mari was hilarious. She used to terrify me. Now she really did terrify me once. We, I shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to. I've got time, but I'm going to. Who cares? No. So Brian's now the leader of the, um, the movement. So keep that in mind. We've gathered all the national executive. He's moving the executive from a working executive to a more of a relational executive, which is far more inspiring for vision. And so the men had all been whatever. And I'm with all the women, these older women, these older legend women including Mari. And so we're in a lift. Have I told, I've told you this story before. We're in a lift going back somewhere in the hotel. And I just walk in and I go, ah, let's go to a movie. Should we go to a movie? And Mari, God bless her, suddenly broke out into tongues. I'm like, let's go to a movie. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh my God, that was so the wrong thing to say. Yeah, so I used to be a bit intimidated by her. <laughs> but I love her and I could tell you lots of amazing stories. But here's the deal. That shoulder was trying to inspire these shoulders, but now we are shoulder to shoulder girls all across the earth. And again, there was a greater anointing because of that. And that greater anointing is gonna break more yokes and accomplish wondrous things because of that unity. Amen, number four, am I gonna get there? Oh, I've got 10 minutes, five minutes. Oh, I've got 13 minutes, that's awesome. Number four, eyes wide open to the realm of obedience that you are being called into. <laughs> the realm of obedience, it's amazing. Couple of things, obedience is the only pathway forward. In God, really, it's the only pathway forward. Obedience is the way of destiny and calling and purpose. College students, the end of the day, it's your obedience 
and the little things that matter. And obedience is where we find favour, the smile. Obedience is where we find the smile of heaven. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, obedience is actually better than sacrifice. It's better than sacrifice, obedience. And again, I said this to you last week, my slow burn read over summer has been the long obedience, a long obedience in the same direction. And to be pretty honest, the title is enough. The title sums up the sum of the matter. Loving Jesus, honouring His call, beautiful girls, is a long obedience in the same direction. But what a glorious direction that is. It is a glorious direction. So pay attention. Learn quickly, make obedience your best friend, stay the course. You know, thy kingdom come is a beautiful prayer. It is a beautiful prayer, but it actually takes selfless and devoted obedience. It's not coming because we hashtag it. I hashtag it, I love it. You know I save it for the big things. (laughs) But you know, it's not gonna come in this world without selfless obedience and devotion. Number five, eyes wide open, younger self, younger sisterhood to the grace that you are graced with. It really is old school, but it's true nonetheless. God will never call you without gracing you. He will never require of us what we cannot bring under the realm and the, um, the ark of His grace. And you know what, you might need to, um, like the rest of us, you might need to grow and stretch into that grace. Grow and stretch. You might need to at times fight for the revelation. Yeah, so it's a revelation. But you might have to fight for that revelation in your own heart sometimes. You might need to labour into the small hours of the morning. Or you might need to labour beyond the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth mile. (laughs) But always remember, sweethearts, that His grace is sufficient. And His grace is made perfect in our weakness. Scripture actually says, 2 Corinthians 12, says, my grace is sufficient. My strength and my power are made perfect in your weakness. And... um, And I am very aware of that right now. Hallelujah. That I need His strength and His power. Number six, I wrote down here, I've just got two more. Okay, number six, eyes wide open to the enemy of mediocrity. We were talking to our younger selves (coughs) because um, mediocrity is a liar and a thief. And it will lull you into complacency and inactivity, which ultimately leads to regret. It is a thief. You know, mediocrity in this context literally means ordinary, average, second rate, lightweight, passive, lacklustre. They are dynamics that lead, as Brian spoke yesterday to this room, the dynamics that that trap us and lead us into the entrapment of a sense of inferiority and then insecurity. And I just wanna say, I'm just giving you hooks here. Do you know what? There is nothing about Christ in you that is any of these describing words. If Christ is in you, you are not lightweight. 
We are not lightweight women. We are strong, capable, amazing, intelligent women. And if you're sitting here and you're thinking inferiority complex, I'm not intelligent, I'm not smart enough. Oh yeah, you are. Because I identify with that because that's how I felt way back in the beginning. I remember going down to Parliament, walking through the the corridors of Parliament and into the whatever, and I felt so inadequate and so inferior and and an elitist spirit that is sometimes prevalent in those hallways. It was like rubbing it in. And I had to come away and have a revelation like, no, I am capable, I am intelligent. Yeah, there's things I can learn, there's things we can apply, there's things we can upskill in. But you know what? No way, you are not a lightweight in Jesus' Name. And you know what, passion. Everyone say passion. Passion. Can I hear you in Newcastle? Can I hear you on the Gold Coast? Passion. All right, passion has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with spirit. (laughs) And so remain young in spirit, young in spirit and covet an excellent spirit like the legends of old. Number um, seven, eyes wide open, younger sisterhood. That charm is deceptive and beauty is fading. But the one who will excel in life is the one who lives in the wonder and the awe and the fear of God. It is Proverbs 31, I'm just leaving it at that. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fading. Young sisterhood, young women starting out, new movements springing up, new chapters springing up. Oh my God, there is one Dawn Sheree on the earth. Her name is Dawn Sheree. There is one Christine Kane on the earth. Her name is Christine Kane. Hallelujah, we don't have to be anyone but ourselves. And you know, all the trimmings and all the fluff and all the charm and all the wonder and all the beauty, it is fading. But the thing that endures, the thing that causes to excel in life is the one who lives in the wonder and awe and fear of the Lord. Amen. And number eight, hopefully, number eight, eyes wide open that you get a front foot on legacy. Here's the deal. Everyone leaves a legacy. Everyone leaves, leaves a legacy. It's just a question of what kind of legacy are you gonna leave? You know, there's a saying, it's a 19th century idiom. And it's literally a saying that says, Johnny come lately. If you're ancient, you'll remember it. <laughs> Johnny come lately. An idiom that back in the day described either a newcomer or a novice. Johnny come lately to the party. These days, the term describes, listen to it, a late adherent to a trend or a cause or an event. A late adherent to a trend, cause, event. Girls, do not be Johnny come lately. Might need to flick it into the feminine, I don't know what that would mean. Joni, don't come lately, I don't know. But don't be Johnny come lately. There is a cause happening on the earth. It is the risen, rising, triumphant Church of Jesus Christ. There is a cause on the earth that is Psalm 68, 11. What does it say, sweethearts? The Lord gives the word of power and the women who bear it and publish it are a great host. And you and I are part of that great host. We get to bear it, carry it, publish it, 
proclaim it. It is multi-layered and it is wondrous. And so again, it's no small thing for us Hillsong women, and it's something that we should hold with gratitude and wonder, amen? Amen. End of those lessons. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you know what? We're gonna receive communion in a moment and um, I'm gonna get the team to join me. And um, what we're going to do, um, it will look different in each place, but common. What we're gonna do is we're gonna set up some communion stations across the front, um, up the back for you lassies up there, at the back. And we're gonna invite and share communion together. We've left time for worship, we've left time for the Spirit of God to move. And what I'm gonna ask you to do, because see, there's something powerful about communion. It's, it's an invitation to intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time I break bread on my own, in my lounge, at my little coffee table, I go down on my knees. That don't work these days. It's like, Lord, I can't stay here very long. <laughs> um, every time I do that, I get a breakthrough. Every time I do that, things become clearer. Well, I want us in breaking bread with our Saviour King for things to be clearer because you've spent time with Him. And you've done what Scripture says, you've taken the cup and the bread and you've allowed yourself remembrance. And so we're gonna invite you to do that. And then um, I'm gonna ask you also to be mindful of others because that's what we do at Sister when we break bread together. We break bread for another. You can do it on your own or you can grab a friend or just include someone else. We're gonna break bread for others. These guys are gonna sing and worship over us. And then collectively, we're gonna come back and pray one more time for the conference and the delegates and the girls coming. Hallelujah. And while we do that, I wanna just read to you um, the declaration that I wrote a thousand years ago. I wrote it in um, a cafe in the Towers. And uh, you've heard it many times. Maybe I should write a new declaration. You know, Brian writes new declarations, but I don't know if we've actually accomplished all of this yet. So allow me to read it to you. I am sisterhood is a declaration, a declaration about value and identity, purpose and mission. It is a declaration intentional in reach and embrace. It transcends culture and creed, age and status, prejudice and preference. It is a declaration that positions itself amid awareness and responsibility, concern and care, injustice and solution. A declaration ultimately concerned with the welfare of the world and her inhabitants. It has courageously, hallelujah. It has courageously woven its way through time and history and continues to weave itself across our lives and future. It is our collective here and now, and it belongs to any feminine soul who somehow believes that she was born for more than, for more than what is temporal and fleeting. It's for women of all ages and background, of every personality and style, colour and vibrancy. It's for the bold and the bodacious. Are there any in the room? It's for the bold and the bodacious, the demure and the unassuming. It's the sisterhood that perhaps heaven imagined when a very intentional Creator created His girls. It's strong and beautiful, feminine and gracious, authoritative and gentle. And above all else, it welcomes the broken, discarded and forgotten. Whichever way it is seen or understood, 
It is a growing movement of women across the earth, a movement of down-to-earth and normal women whose desire is to take what is in their hand and genuinely use it for good. A movement of women united in heart and spirit who believe that together we can make this world a better place. Let me finish with this little story. This week, I um, found myself sitting next to a woman somewhere and she was not a Christian. She was not of faith. She was not from here. And she was a little bit impassioned. Um, She was talking about um, the recent narrative and the news of domestic violence in our nation and the tragedy that took place in Queensland. And she was impassioned about it. She was like a little bit worked up and impassioned. And so in the appropriate time, and I kind of leant towards her and I said, um, I said, do you, um, do you have experience? Have you experienced domestic violence? And she said, yes, my father killed my mother. And then this is what she said, nothing has changed. Her experience happened a number of decades ago. And she said, nothing has changed. She was, she was like passionate. She said, nothing will change. Like she was talking to me and I'm like, you're talking to the choir here, I agree. She said, nothing will change. Nothing will change until we teach our children differently. And I thought, how true that is. It's our conviction. It's why we do sisterhood. It's why we do colour. It's not just about us and us getting it right. It's about the generations. It's about our daughters, our neighbours. It's for the Lolas of this world. My baby Lola, it's for them, okay? So we're gonna stand to our feet and Katie and the team are gonna lead us. And communion is yours. It's an invitation, you're welcome. So here's the deal. You gotta come get it. You've actually gotta get out of your seat and come down and grab it and you can go back or you can spread out. We could have a traffic jam down here, but we don't want that. And then just take communion in your time as these guys lead us and then we'll pray together. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to come and receive communion, girls. Father God, we just want to thank You. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your for your great love and devotion and care for us. Thank You for dying for us and for redeeming our lives. And Lord Jesus, we just commit ourselves afresh to Your grace and Your goodness and Your kindness. Lord, if we've prayed for friends during communion, Father God, I pray that Your Spirit will overshadow them and love them, protect them and heal them, draw them to salvation also. And Lord, as a, as a gathering of girls, Father, we join our faith, we agree together that next week at Colour, Your Spirit is gonna be so present. So Lord, we pray for every woman for every delegate who is travelling into Sydney, Father God, for every girl who is organising her family or her world to come. Father God, we pray that Your Spirit will overshadow them and You'll have Your divine will in their lives. Father, grace us to set a table worthy of Your Name. Grace us to set a table that's gonna resonate. We pray for our speakers. We pray for our friends. We pray for Leanne as she comes, Father. We pray for Anne Voskamp as she comes, Father God that You will just watch over them and bless them as they gather. So Lord, with humility of heart, we thank You for the awesome opportunity. We commit ourselves to You. And everyone said, Amen. 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 
If you are still with us from our online um, delegate girls, um, we hope that you enjoyed this morning and perhaps you weren't prepared for communion, but you can take that whenever you want it. You can go find something in the fridge, piece of bread, little orange juice or something. You can break bread in the privacy of your own home, amen. So we love you and we'll see you next week downtown. It's gonna be awesome, amen. Beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.